Hello and welcome to the podcast, The Pocket Stylist. I'm Lisa Tauber. I'm an award-winning personal stylist who's actually been in the business now for 17 years. I specialize in elevating professional women, entrepreneurs, and women in business with their personal brand. These podcasts are about sharing my hints and tips. And along the way, I'm super excited to welcome guests who will be sharing their star stories, their expert advice. And I'm also going to be showcasing some brands that I know you are going to love. So if you're a lady who lacks time, struggles to put an outfit together, wears the same things time and time again, and doesn't want the hassle to find something new when shopping, you will absolutely enjoy this podcast. I really hope you love the podcast, The Pocket Stylist. Hello and welcome to, can you believe it, episode 50, that's five zero, of the podcast, The Pocket Stylist. Um, I'm Lisa Talbot. Um, I am a personal stylist. And today, because I love my guests, you know I do, but we've got a first because I have got a guest who is living in the sunny, sunny side of the world in Australia. So I'm absolutely thrilled. So that's a first for us. We've got a guest from Australia. Um, Let me introduce you to Naomi Lambert, who is part and owner of the Call to Be Kind project. But more importantly, she's come to talk to me today, and I'm very privileged that she's come to talk to me today, about um, what it's been like with regards to clothes and styling after having a hysterectomy. So first of all, um, Naomi, welcome to the podcast from all over the other side of the world. What is the weather like with you today? Come on, tell me it's sunny and it's not raining. It is way too hot. It is, is it? 42, 42 today is and we've had a string of them the last, wow. so I'm over the heat now. Like yeah. it's just too hot. Give me 38, I'm fine, but 42 is just... Yeah. When does it start to dip then, temperature-wise? Uh, March, March probably will start to get cooler. Yeah. Um, then, yeah, winter, which will hopefully be wet because we need the rain after the summer. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, some parts of the country are snowing and we've got 42. Yes, exactly. There's no rhyme or reason, is there really? There's none. Listen, no. before we get into the, the topic of the hysterectomy, etc., just tell everyone about the Call to Be Kind project because I, you know, I think it's a wonderful thing. So just share with everybody what it's all about and, and etc. So as I um, had a hysterectomy in 2015, which we'll talk about later, but after um, the hysterectomy, I was in a very dark place. It was at a time when all my friends were having babies and there were people who didn't want to tell me that they were pregnant because they didn't know how I'd react. I was dealing with, you know, sudden onset menopause, hormones, just weight gain, um, the perils of social media and was really in a really bad place. And I was at the shops one day and I saw an old lady get knocked over and nobody stopped to help her. Now, this made, I don't get angry, and I was really angry on this day because I couldn't, nobody even stopped and looked at her. It was as if it wasn't there. And I remember just thinking how, well, I'm not being given the chance to be a mum, teach my children the basic right from wrong. Someone falls down, you help them back up. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, and I couldn't sleep that night. And I decided that I wanted to challenge people to be kind. I don't know where this thought came from. Um, I didn't tell anyone that I was going to do it. And I just designed 50 kindness cards. I set up an email address and said, if you find one of these cards in the lead up to Christmas, do something kind for someone, email me and let me know what you've done. Didn't expect a response. Where did you 50 drop cards. Them? Oh, I in supermarket shelves, in magazines, in public toilets. I flew to Adelaide, so I left one in the seat pocket of a plane, which I actually got one back from a gentleman who'd found it in seat 13D on Virgin Airlines. Like, insane. Um, So I really had no expectation that I'd get a response because why? Yeah, yeah. That's why I didn't tell anyone. 32 responses back. My goodness. Which my husband tells me is like a 64% strike rate, which is pretty bloody good. Sorry. Yeah, 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 it's good. Yeah. And from then one of my friends told um, my local politician and she's a a wonderful Muslim lady. She's the the first Muslim elected to parliament here in Australia. And she got on the phone and she said, if you don't do something with this, I'm going to take it from you. This is a kindness project. Tell me what you're going to do. And I was like, okay, well, I'll start the Call to Be Kind project and I'll just spread kindness. And it's kind of gone on since then. Yeah, it's been crazy. Isn't it it heartwarming, you know, because... It's so heartwarming that, you know, uh, well, there's two things, isn't there? That it's heartwarming that you people want to be kind. But is it in, in another way, it's quite sad that you've got to tell people to be kind. But I think yeah. it's more and more now it, it is about kind of an act of kindness because do you know what? It's... It means so much. And sometimes it's just the smile. Sometimes it's just the holding of the door. Sometimes it's just taking your, you know, going to get groceries for, the, for your next door neighbour. But it's what a wonderful, wonderful project. I was in the supermarket a few months ago and an older lady was, um, an older man was in front of, behind me and I said, you've got, like, you've only got one item, I've got heaps, go in front of me. And he stood there with this look on his face and I really didn't know what I'd done wrong. Like, it was just total, like, staring at me. So like, oh, I'm sorry, is everything okay? He said, yeah, I just don't know how I'm meant to feel because nobody's been kind to me for so long. And there's something wrong with the world when you get responses like that. Yeah, absolutely. So that's your project. And we'll we'll put, obviously, in the show notes um, for the podcast, people will be able to come and find the project and see what it's all about, which is lovely. For those of you who are listening, rather than looking at the um, podcast on um, YouTube, what's really amazing is you can't see Naomi's earrings because they're like these beautiful sunflowers that just are dangling away. So if you do want to have a look at these amazing earrings, do pop over to the YouTube um, channel as well and, and have a look. So listen, the, the, the topic we were going to chat about today was about the hysterectomy. So, um, you know, thank you so much for talking about it because I don't think you're going to be alone in this topic and it's wonderful that we can, you know, discuss it. So we, we're going to kind of touch a few points, aren't we? We're going to talk about, you know, how you felt with your clothes, how, you know, you even, when we were kind of talking about this to start with, you even mentioned the hospital gowns and things like that. Mm-hmm. So take, take us 
Naomi on a little bit of a journey and, and tell us a little bit about it. And then, you know, tell us about the clothing side and the, the style side and, and what you did and, and how you did. And, and we'll, we'll go from there. Yeah. I think you know, to start off with having a hysterectomy at any age is hard. It's always going to be hard. Um, and I knew that after it, there would be you know, hormone issues and, um, pain and that kind of thing but I didn't count on how quickly the symptoms would start after I had the surgery so I went immediately into um, a sudden onset menopause and because I've got a history of blood clots they couldn't put me on medication straight away um, but we bought my mum and I had gone out and bought a really nice um, Peter Alexander is a pajama shop here in Australia and we bought a really nice button up one so that would be easy with all the you know tubes and things. Yeah. I couldn't wear it because my skin was on fire. I was just I wanted to be naked in this bedroom with four women because I was just sweating so itchy. Just it was yeah. horrible. So from day one, I felt like I was up against everything where I just didn't want that <laughs> it was so so hard and they were probably the hardest days were the, the first ones because your body is you know you can't get up and about you're in bed you end up having to wear these horrible gowns and it yeah it was it was really hard it's, so what so that, that was the time you were in the hospital so what yeah. did you do then for clothing or or did you because obviously you you talked about the peter alexander pajamas but yeah. did you end up wearing nothing or did you go for a kind of looser cottony fabric to to kind of work to make sure that it, it kept you cool yeah i got my husband to bring in a couple of his big t-shirts um mm. and i would have them on which were they weren't on all the time. And if I couldn't have clothes on, I'd have just a, a nice blanket from home that I would just have over me while I was in hospital. So um, the T-shirts were really good um, and were definitely much more comfortable than, and, and they were soft. I said, I want some of your old ones, worn ones, you know. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't matter, like I just, and it was good for me to have them because I felt like he was with me the whole time Yeah. Um, as well. The Peter Alexander one, Looking back, we thought it was practical, but the material was probably not the most comfortable. So I would say to anyone, go for something that is is soft rather than one of these nice button-up shirts because if you're as bad as me and your skin starts crawling, you don't want that. And it, and it's interesting, isn't it? Because that's when, you know, fabric, it does play an awful, it, it plays a brilliant, an awful part, I was going to say, but it plays a, a, a such a pivotal part in how clothes can make you feel because it is about what's it going to feel like on our skin, isn't it? It's, you know, coats are different because you kind of wear them over another garment. But when you have a, a garment that is close to your skin, it's got to feel comfortable normally, let alone when you're, you know, thrust into this really heightened menopause when your skin is so, so sensitive. So, you know, using, like you said, 
a, a fabric that like a cotton or one that's been used and worn a lot because it's lost its starchiness and its density and it's it's lost some of its elasticity so there, there are certain things aren't they we we all do you know if, if we think oh, i just want to be comfortable you'll grab the garment that is the softest or the you know it's lost its stretch but you know no one else can see it kind of thing so so you know so how did you when you then came out of the hospital obviously did your clothes that you had in your wardrobe did they become harder to wear initially because you did you still have this kind of skin that was on fire you know from a heat perspective and, and things like that I did, and it was summer here as well, so that oh made so it was your hot, hot time. Harder. It was hot, hot time. So I um, pretty much lived in a comfy pair of shorts and um, a singlet, um, but I was never really comfortable. And unfortunately, the hormone replacement therapy that they put me on, my weight started to go up immediately. Like I put on 30 kilos from this hormone replacement. So that I was never at a point where I could be like, yes, I can get back into clothes when my skin wasn't as bad. It's like, oh, I'll try those on. Okay, they're not going to fit. I'll try it. Nope, that doesn't fit either. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was really hard. To... So, so Naomi, what, because it, listening to you, it, it, you, you can hear it in your voice. You, you can hear it, how hard it was. Because not only are you dealing with, you know, the, the hysterectomy part of it, and then the, the hormones, you're then trying to work out what you're going to wear because what you were wearing, we you would have wanted to make you feel good, but actually the clothes that you wanted to wear didn't really make you feel good. They just almost did a purpose, didn't they? They, they, yeah. they just literally covered your body, um, whereas the garments in your wardrobe would have fitted you perfectly and, and things like that before your hysterectomy so yeah. how and you're also dealing with as well things like I came out with the catheter still in and um the, I had a back dressing to close the wound so you're then like well what do I wear so I can hide these things yeah. that I had a scarf from people can't see but it's literally breastbone right down to the pubic line it was it was big um, so that was dressed and had a dressing and there were bags. So we really had to think about, I think, again, I said to my husband, I'm going to use your trackies because they've got, you know, old holes in them and big pockets so I could put the drain in there. Yeah. I was, and then they give you a bag at the hospital to put it in and this thing was horrible. It just wasn't practical. So I think mum rejigged a library bag that I had so we could put the dressing in there and then the comfy trackies worked for a while. But initially it was really hard because I was still attached to tubes and Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think it doesn't you know, not every but well, you know, unless you've been there, you don't know. You know, unless you've been down that road and there'll be ladies that are listening to this going, Do you know what I can relate to this? I can absolutely relate to it. So And that's what I found as well is that I didn't have anyone that was my age at the time to go through it. Like I couldn't find anyone that didn't have a stethoscope telling me, oh, it'll be fine, you know, yeah. the weight will be off. I want to hear from someone else my age and I want to know what they did and if what, what not to do kind of thing because there wasn't anyone. Did you, did you find people 
because obviously you you said there wasn't anybody did you did you find people in the same situation as you or so you went through all of this on your own wow yeah i was in at the menopause clinic and i was youngest by probably 30 years wow yeah it was um that was hard and i don't want anyone else going through it to to feel alone like yeah there are people now that i'm mentoring and peer support that um are going through it which is really nice to be able to try and help them but at the time it was dire it was hard but 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 do you know what you're you're such an amazing person to talk about it you you i can almost i'm sitting my little brain is sitting there thinking wow you should set up your own support group because your your knowledge base of what you went through will help other ladies and i'm hoping you know like that that's why we said we you you know you kindly said you do the podcast because if we can raise awareness um that's yeah. a start isn't it to to say to other ladies do you know what you're not alone and as much as you know, you and I are talking about the clothes, etc. There's there's a much more bigger message here of you're not alone, and that you know this is various things that that I did, and this is what I went through. As as um, the the time went on, and you lost some of the the medical equipment, etc. Yeah. How did you then? go forward with your clothes? Because obviously you've alluded to the fact that some of your clothes that were in your wardrobe didn't fit. Did you, did you feel kind of motivated enough to think, do you know what? I really am going to go and buy myself some new pieces that fit me better because they're going to make me feel better in myself. I did. And I actually went to, the local shops and shopped in their maternity section for because they've got the supportive yeah, things yeah. and how wobbly I was at the time that probably wasn't the best decision because every time I looked at the word maternity I was reminded yeah, that absolutely you're never yeah. going to wear them for real so I think the concept was the good I, I should have just left it a, a few months before it wasn't so raw but then I had a friend cut all the maternity tags off for me she's like now they're just clothes there you go absolutely just a pair of clothes that just happened to be cut and designed differently but actually that worked for your shape at the time yep you know the built-in bras so I didn't have to you know because everything was affected so um yeah I was very very grateful to the friend that did that that's for sure oh bless and then as and and wearing then the clothes that fitted you properly, did you feel more comfortable and more confident to then almost, sounds awful, but almost to rebuild your life as to, you know, to like you said, you know, maybe do things like the Be Kind project and, and things like that. Did Did the clothes, I suppose what I'm trying to get at, did the clothes start to help you feel better because they almost gave you a little bit of a suit of armour? Yes. Yeah. yeah. If I found I had a nice oversized shirt and leggings and that always made me feel really nice um, because I could, you know, tie the shirt and have the collar up, I could put cardio over it, I could change my earrings. It was just my staple and 
those big kind of husband shirt things and the husband-esque jeans as well um, were ones that were really comfy. But then the pregnancy jeans were really good because they had the elastic as well. So I could wear them and, you know, no one would see that that was there. So there's definitely options out there, but you need to go, when you go shopping, you need to go with someone that you really trust. But you also really need to think about what makes you feel good. Like if you try it on and you don't feel good, don't get it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because you, Just because it's a shirt or whatever, you need stuff that you know you can open your wardrobe and go, I've got to go and see this person today. I know what I'm going to wear. And you just need a few staple pieces. So for me it was the maternity singlets, um, the jeans with the, um, the band around them, leggings, um, and then the tops, the shirts on top was, yeah, good because I could dress that up and down, belt them if I needed to. Um, Did you yeah. use accessories as a real asset? Because I oh, obviously I, I'm looking at you now and, and for those that are listening, I'm looking at these wonderful earrings and before we started, Naomi showed me some other little earrings that she's designing and making, which are little teacups. So for, for me, you, you are very creative, right? So I can see that. Um, but did you use accessories as well as um, a real piece of, I was going to say a piece of equipment, but like, you, you know what I mean? Like something that really added more confidence to your outfit because they accessories were easy to use during this period of time. Um, yeah. And back then I actually wasn't making my own jewelry, um, but I had a very extensive collection of earrings and <laughs> um, would happily change them. Um, so I think I actually think the love of the jewelry making probably stemmed from there because I, I knew that this pair made me feel good in this yeah. way and that would go like it was my way of still feeling that I was in control of the situation but yeah now it's just next level because I just make it all yeah. um but that's taken a long time to get there yeah but do you know what that that's really interesting what you said because although you used the clothes that we, you spoke about, like the, the maternity ones and the, the other oversized shirts, et cetera, et cetera. You still used other bits of fashion accessories, not only to complete the outfit, which is what I talk about a lot, but actually as another way of elevating your outfit. But that was the bit you almost turned to, to make you feel good. So, so I think what I'm, what I can see what what you did in a way was it's not always about the clothes. And this is where, you know, we, we talk the about shoes for me as well. There you go. There you go. So it's matching the earrings with the shoes. Yeah. So what, what we're trying to say so, is yeah, well, that for was... other ladies that are going through this, it's not always about the clothes. It could be about, like you said, the shoes, it could be about the, um, the earrings. It could be about that. And, and sometimes you only have to inject something that makes you feel good or you love that makes you feel good. You know, I've just got back um, from doing something with my daughter and I walked through one of the shops in the high street um, and I saw a pair of white trainers and I was like, oh, look, and my daughter went, no, mum. How many pairs of white trainers have you got? Now, yeah, I have got quite a few, right? They're all different styles. But I know that whatever I wear, whether it's formal trousers, jeans, or a dress, if I chuck a pair of white trainers with it, I'm going to feel good. 
because that's so my style. I mean, I can run around the shops with clients. I can do wardrobe consultations. I can do whatever. So for anyone listening, it is about not just the clothes. If you've got, you know, like you said, a, a pair of joggers on and you've got maybe a trainer on and you've got an oversized sweatshirt on because that's what's comfortable at this time in your life. Um, and you've gone through something like you went through, you could just chuck on a really stunning pair of sunglasses or you yes. could put on a hat and, and things like that. Um, how is the- I guarantee as well people would, when you're out and about, the comments you get on, oh, I like those earrings rather yeah. than, oh, that shit, like it, they do, it's the focal point. Yeah, so yeah. If you have the colour here and, <clears throat> oh, excuse me, you know, makes you, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It makes you happy, it'll show and it then... Yeah, but you've well, got two obviously. big rings on as well. Because again, I just saw you. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, big rings as well. And for those who are listening, you really need to go onto um, the YouTube channel because honestly, what what Naomi is showing is fantastic. Listen, how how did things move on for you? How did how did time when time has elapsed? How how has how has it gone forward for you? Well, anything I say is not medical advice. This is just what I did. So I struggled a lot with the weight gain. Um, and I went to my GP and just said, I can't keep going with this. Um, and he was really, really supportive and said, we can look at putting you on something natural. We'll just monitor you um, quickly. So I was really, really blessed that he did that because the weight started to drop off. Um, and then I was getting back to back to normal. Um, and could fit back into my clothes. So that was a big thing for me. But also I um, started exercising more. Um, so we controlled it with diet and exercise. Was it um, when you were able to, like you said, get back into your clothes that were already in your wardrobe, did that make you feel good? Or had you kind of, had time gone past that you'd fallen out of love with some of those pieces as well? Oh, 100%. 100%. I went shopping. Oh, like, wow. There were pieces that I really, really loved and I just didn't love them anymore because a lot of it took me back to a time when I thought I was going to be able to be a mum. And that might sound really weird, but I think we were, you know, trying to have kids and if I saw it something, I was like, oh, that would look really nice for me. Yeah, yeah. And it's really interesting. There comes the emotion with the clothes. And, it, and people, you know, listen, I've done this job for a long, long time, 15, 16 years now. I think it's 16 years this year. Um, clothes are so emotional. They are part of an emotional journey. You know, how many times do we look at something and think, oh, I wore that when? I used that when? And it, it takes you back, a bit like a piece of music. It takes you back to the time you wore it. And, and it is, it, it's very emotional. And that's the time in certain cases, you know, even when we, you know, I do wardrobe consultations, it's about never about removing everything from your wardrobe. But if there's pieces in there that hold a memory, you, you keep that. You don't necessarily keep them in the wardrobe, but you certainly don't lose them. You, you pack them up and you put them somewhere else because they will have memories. Listen, I know I've got dresses in my wardrobe that were worn for a certain occasion. 
and and I know that the occasion reminds me of something that I'm now never going to lose that dress, you know, and it is clothes are very emotional. And, and I would always say to my wedding dresses, yeah, like that. Yeah. Well, it's true, isn't it? Listen, the majority of us don't ever get rid of our wedding dress. I mean, I was in my mum's house the other day and my husband was there and he said, Oh my goodness, that's your wedding dress in the box. And because I didn't have the storage space. So my and it's got on the box Lisa's wedding dress. But it was stored and it was and I'm and actually it's really interesting, isn't it? The memory. My husband opened up the box and my daughter was like, Oh my goodness, is that your wedding dress? Because they only saw pictures. You know, so it's there is a massive emotional connection to clothes, which is why, you know, what in your wardrobe should only be the clothes you love. If they if there's any kind of negativity about a piece of clothing whether you don't like wearing it it doesn't make you feel good it should not be there you know i'm a massive believer in that so um so how how are you now listen everything this is a few years ago now obviously doing your be cool to be kind project etc um you have the same kind of relate actually yeah do you have the same kind of relationship with clothes that you used to have or do you do you think about them slightly differently? Do you think about more about the fabric? I think I have a better relationship with them. Ah, and why I don't then? panic because I won't panic buy. You know, just or I won't go in and buy just yeah. for the hell of it. I um will be more curated with what I choose. Um, and yeah, as I said that makes me feel good. Yeah. And if I buy something that makes me feel good, I take something out of my wardrobe and will give it away, like one that I haven't watched. So I'm trying to kind of, yeah, add and take away at the same time rather than just keeping that dress that I'll never wear again. But it's there because I don't know why it's there. Yeah, yeah. And, so. that, and you know what? I think that's a brilliant way to, to kind of wrap the, wrap the podcast up because you've been on a journey. You've been on a massive journey. Um, and I can't thank you enough for coming and sharing that because I think you're, you're definitely people, ladies will resonate with you. And that's, you know, that's just such a wonderful thing to do. And there you go. See, you've shared your kindness today by helping somebody else along the way. Um, you know, and I, and I really, really appreciate that. Um, by having me. Oh, bless you. Listen, it was, it was wonderful. And in the um, show notes, you can find out more about Naomi's um, Be Cool to Be Kind project. Um, and please have a look on YouTube about these amazing earrings and jewellery pieces that she's got. Um, everybody, thank you so much for listening. Naomi, thank you so much for coming and spending the time with me and being so honest. You have been wonderful. Um, and listen, we will see you all and hear from you next week. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast, The Pocket Stylist. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. If you'd like to know more about working with me, then why not book a discovery call with me via my website, lisatalbert.co.uk. And I look forward to welcoming you back next week. Bye-bye.